the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. I'm thrilled about what God is going to speak to every heart and every life. So let's get our Bibles and get our our teaching notes. They're right there on your screen, available for you. Let's turn our attention to God's Word this weekend. You know, we've been involved in a series of messages that we're going to continue tonight. I'll wrap it up, I believe, either next weekend or the following weekend. Uh, And the series title is called Teach Us. We've been talking about the value and the importance of prayer. The word keep is a very interesting word. It's a word that really refers to the idea of being refrained from something happening, keep me from, or perhaps you might think of the word keep as a word that is identified with protection. And in both of these passages that I've read for you, we see this idea of being refrained from something or being kept from or protected from something, keep us from or protect us from temptation. And as, as Jabez prayed, protect me from harm. I want to talk to us this weekend about this keep us prayer. Last weekend, we talked about being kept from certain things and being kept for certain things and being kept in certain things. And tonight, I want to share with you two, or this weekend, I want to share with you two other very important principles related to the keep us prayer. I want to talk to us about keeping us through. That word through is a very important word because it identifies a journey in your life. And one of the prayers that is very important to learn how to pray is the keep us through prayer. Because keeping or making your way through something is extremely vital and important. The Bible refers to people who make it through certain things as as an overcomer. Some places it refers to this person as a victorious person, someone who is walking in victory. When you make it through something, you have overcome that thing. In the book of Revelation, chapters 2 and 3 especially, and then I'll look as well in chapter 12 in just a moment, identify the power, the importance of getting through things, overcoming things. In Revelation 2, verse 7, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, or to the one, some translations say, who overcome, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. In Revelation 2, 17, whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who is victorious, or to the one who overcomes, the one who makes it through, I will give some of the hidden manna. I will also give that person a white stone and a new name written with a new name written on it, known only to the one who receives it. Revelation 2, 26, to the one who is victorious, or the one who overcomes and does my will to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Revelation 3, 5, the the one who is victorious or the one who overcomes will, like them, be dressed in white. I will never blot out the name of that person from the book of life, but will acknowledge that name before my Father and his angels. 
Revelation 3.12, the one who is victorious or the one who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Revelation 3.21, to the one who is victorious, the one who overcomes, the one who makes it through, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Revelation 12, verse 11, they triumphed over him. That's the adversary. That is, they were victorious. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Have you noticed that in all these verses, there's something that is consistent. There's great blessing that comes to someone who makes it through, someone who is victorious, someone who overcome someone who prays their way through the challenges of life. And you and I will never learn to be an overcomer. We will never learn or experience, I should say, the overcoming victorious life without something called prayer. You have to pray your way through things. And when Jesus taught us to pray, keep us or lead us not into temptation, I believe that some of these things were in mind. They were included conceptually in that prayer. First of all, you and I need to pray our way through our valleys. Lord, keep me through my valleys. Have you ever gone through a valley in life? You might say, well, what is a valley? Well, a valley is is a depressed place. A valley is a place where your vision is limited. A valley is often a place where the fog will settle into life and where fear is oftentimes felt. A valley is a, is a hard time place where you're, you're experiencing adversity and you're fear, experiencing threat and intimidation. It's a place of, of difficulty in life. And all of us go through valleys. And maybe you're going through a valley, a depressed place in your life right now. Maybe it seems as though there's a lot of fog around your life. Well, you and I need to learn in these moments of valley experiences how to pray our way through the valley. This is what David was talking about, I believe, in Psalm 23, verse number four. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, how do we know that David prayed his way through the valley? Well, Psalm 23 is a prayer. It's a prayer that he's praying to God. God, I know that you're going to get me through this darkest valley. I'm going to make it to the other side. I will fear no evil because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And as some of Israel's biggest battles were fought and oftentimes won in the valleys. And I will tell you that one of the, sometimes the, the battles in your life and my life, the real strategic battles are won in the valleys, but we have to pray our way through. The second thing I want to share with you this weekend is that you and I need to pray our way through the mountaintops, pray through the mountaintops of life. Just like a valley is a depressed place, a mountaintop is a place of victory. It's a place of success. It's a place of prosperity. It's a place of achievement. And perhaps more people forget God on the mountaintops than those who forget God in the valleys. Over the years, I've known people who've, yes, gone through valleys and certainly know people today who are going through valleys, but I've also known people that have experienced great success in their life. And unfortunately, in some, on some occasions, those very individuals who were so needy of God when they were in the valley forgot God when they made it to the mountaintop. 
That when they arrive to the highest places of life, the greatest experiences of life, successes of life, and prosperity in life, they somehow lost their connection with God. They didn't pray their way through the mountaintops. They prayed their way through the valleys, yes, but not through the mountaintops. Notice what Jesus says about this in Matthew 23, verse number 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. What you and I need to do in the, in the mountaintops of life is to pray that God would help us to walk in the mountaintops with the humility we had in the valleys of, God, of life and that we're not to forget God on the mountaintops. Thirdly, we need to pray our way through trials and temptations. Lord, keep me through my trials and keep me through my temptations. Everybody, everybody, all of us face trials in life and all of us battle the temptations. Not a single one that will go through life without some trials along the way and some temptations to have to deal with. No one is exempt from them. And when you and I go into these seasons and these situations of trials or these times of temptation, we need to know that there's a way to get through them. There's a way to get to the other side, and prayer is what gets you through. Lord, I'm praying that you will keep me through this situation. Notice the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, no temptation. That word can also be translated trial or test. No test, trial, temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind, and God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted, tried, tested beyond what you can bear, but when you're tempted, tried, and tested, if you will, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it, and one of those ways out is to pray your way through your trials and your temptations. How do we know this is true? Jesus made this very clear when he had his disciples with him in the Garden of Gethsemane the night that he was betrayed by, by Judas and the next day he's going to be crucified. And he took his disciples, especially three of them, deeper into the garden with them and with him. And as he knelt down to pray, he asked them to pray as well. And notice what he says to them in Matthew 26, verse 41. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Jesus says you're going through a season and a testing time right now of temptation and trial. It's a tough moment. You're being tested, yes, but what will get you through is watch and pray. It will move you through these times. So you and I need to pray our way through our trials and our temptations. Then the fourth thing is we need to pray our way through our life seasons. Lord, keep me through this season of my life. Whatever your season is, see, we all have different seasons. Life happens in seasons, just like as we have in this beautiful area that we live in, we have the different seasons. We just are just coming through the fall season. We'll enter into the winter season. And then obviously we look forward to the spring season and the cherry blossoms blooming. And then we'll be in the summer seasons. There's this rotation of seasons and your life has seasons as well. Not everything stays the same all the time and your seasons change. With every season change, there are transitional points that you have to work your way through, and you have to pray your way through seasons. Seasons, some seem better than others. See, in the middle of August, when it's hot and humid, you're ready for the season to change. And then the nice, the nice fall comes, and the beautiful colors are there, and, and then all the trees fall off, the, off of the leaves, and things begin to get a little cooler, and you know that winter's coming. See, there's the seasons of life that you and I go through. A season is a 
time that is characterized by a particular set of circumstances or some kind of phase of life. And some seasons, again, are are more difficult than others. But you have to pray your way through the various seasons of life, the good and the bad, the tough and the easy. Why? Because your seasons, as you process them and as you pray your way through your seasons, it builds your character. Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 1, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. You can make it through whatever season you're facing if you pray your way through it. See, we're going through a season right now, are we not? We're going through what we're going to call the COVID season. We'll look back on this years from now and say, I remember 2020 because it was, the, it was the COVID season and I didn't know how I was going to make it through. But let me tell you, during this season, don't lose hope. Don't give up whatever is happening in your life as a result of this season. Hold on and say, I know that, yes, I'm in this season right now, but I'm going to make it through. There are a variety of seasons, but you can make it through everyone when you pray your way through them. Jesus is teaching us to keep us, prayer keep us through these things of life. Then number five, the fifth thing that you and I need to pray through is, Lord, keep me through the delays of life. Have you ever had a delay in your life? Have you ever had something that you really wanted at the moment? You've just really prayed for it. You'd hoped it would come, and it just didn't show up, at least on your timetable. It didn't happen when you wanted it to happen. Either it was postponed or put off indefinitely, and it didn't happen in the normal time or the expected time of life. And those moments of delay can be very difficult, but you and I need to learn how to pray through the times when God is asking us to wait. Because waiting is such a valuable thing in our lives. The Bible is very clear about the power of waiting. Many times in Scripture, you'll see the, 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 the different writers of the, script, of the Scriptures inspired by the Holy Spirit reminding us of the importance and the power of waiting on God. Listen to Psalm 130, verse number 5. I wait, the psalmist said, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in His Word I put my hope. The only way that you'll make it through the delays of life effectively is by learning to wait on God. And part of waiting on God is to pray your way through your delays, to keep praying even when things aren't showing up on your timetable. When we don't pray our way through our delays, what happens is we start acting, we start doing, and we get ourselves into trouble. When you stop, wait, when you stop waiting on God, you start acting yourself. And when you and I start acting ourselves, doing things outside of God's timing, we always get ourselves into trouble. Abraham was a man that exemplifies this. He was to wait on the promised son that God had for him, but he got ahead of God's plan. And of course, that resulted in Ishmael and the various problems in the family associated with that. He got out of the timing of God. You and I need to keep praying in the midst of our delays. Abraham had to wait for 25 years for his son Isaac to come, but it was worth the wait when Isaac finally came because he was the promised seed. God has promises in your life, but you and I have to wait on them. And we wait patiently. We wait through the delays. We keep persistent in the process. But I want to share one more aspect to this keep us prayer tonight, this weekend. I'm going to share with us a very important, valuable prayer that is vital to every one of us. It's not only the keep us through, but the also keep us above. Above refers to being in a higher place. The opposite of above is obviously below. Now think about it from a biblical perspective. Heaven is always identified as being above, and hell is always identified with being below. 
So if you're going to make a choice to live in one of the, one of the two attitudes of life, I'm going to live in the above attitude or the below attitude, it seems fairly obvious that we should choose the above attitude. Because when you and I have the above attitude, we have the attitude of God. I want to live above certain things. I don't want to live below. I don't want to live in hellish thoughts and hellish ways and hellish influences and hellish controls. I want to live from a heavenly perspective. And I'm praying that I would live above certain things in my life. First of all, we need to pray that we will, we'll, we will live above the ways of the world. How vital this is. How important this is. You know, the world that we live live in is an anti-God world. I think that you would agree agree with me that our world is in trouble right now. Would you agree with that? When you look at the news and you see all that's going on around us, I think that if you really step back for a moment and look at the world through the lens of Scripture, through the lens of God's perspective, you and I would have to agree that the ways of the world are not the ways that we really want to live. In fact, the ways of the world, when you and I follow them, we're actually following a below pattern. It is a world that is influenced by hellish influences. And the people of the world are, are not following God. And when you and I presume to follow the ways of the world. We're not following the pattern that God has in store for us. Because if you and I think and act and talk like the world, we're certainly not thinking and acting and talking as the kingdom of God would call us to. Notice Paul's words in Romans 12 verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Paul says, you and I must not conform. We need to be above the pattern of the world. And one of the most effective prayers that you and I can pray is, Lord, keep me above the ways of the world. I don't want to fall into those patterns. Number two, pray your way above the downward pull of your own sinful nature. Not only do we have a world that is trying to pull us down, we have a sinful nature that tries to pull us down as well. Have you noticed that you have a sinful nature? I certainly have noticed that I do. There's something inside of me that oftentimes tries to pull me away from God and pull me away from the Word of God and pull me away from the will of God. It doesn't necessarily even require any influence of the world around me. It's just something that is inside of me, the old sinful nature. There's a connection with the world through the sin that lives inside of us. We have to pray our way through the sinful nature that tries to pull us from God and keep us from doing the right things in our life. We have to pray through those struggles, pray through the struggles of the flesh. We have to pray through those moments when our flesh is trying to pull us in a certain direction that is an anti-God direction. Paul speaks of this in Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. Listen to his words. You were taught with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self. That is, do something with your old self that puts it away. Put off. The actual phrase that's used there is to, to, to remove a garment, to get that garment of your old self out of the way, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I'm learning, continue to learn in my life, as I'm sure that many of you are as well, that for us to put off the old and to put on the new, you've got to spend some spirit, you have to spend some serious knee time. You've got to get on your knees before God and ask for his power and grace to say no to your own flesh and yes to the will of God. Then number three, pray your way above, above. Notice that above, bitterness, hatred, and retaliation. 
My goodness, do we live in a world where there's a lot of bitterness and a lot of hatred and a lot of retaliation. And when you and I give place to bitterness and when you and I give place to any kind of hatred, when you and I give place to retaliation that is striking back at someone who's hurt us, when we give a place to that, we're going below rather than going above. See, oftentimes you'll hear the phrase, when someone hurts someone, you might hear them say, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sink to their level. I'm going to take the high road. What is that saying? It's saying I'm going to step to a different plane. I'm going to live above the retaliation, above the bitterness, above the hatred. And how much do you and I as Christians need to embrace that reality? God, I'm asking that you would help me to stay away from anything that embitters my soul or anything that generates any attitude of hatred toward another person or retaliation against anyone. That's not the spirit of Christ. The spirit of Christ is the spirit of love and forgiveness and grace. And I I choose to live in the above. I want to take the high road. I don't want to sink to the level of the world. Notice Romans 12, 17 through 21. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. On the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't live the low road. Live the high road. Do not be overcome by evil but it be overcome, overcome evil with good. Don't choose to live below, choose to live above. And then number four, pray your way above, get above this in your life. Pray your way above dominating worry and fear. Certain things you have to pray your way through and certain things you pray your way above, from the below to the above. And one of those things is dominating worry and dominating fear, and they tend to combine with one another. They actually tend to go together. When you worry, you tend to become afraid. When you're afraid, you tend to worry. They're like first cousins. They're a little different because really worry is Worry and fear are different in this regard. Worry is, is really thinking about a potential threat. Fear is being, a, a, being concerned about something that has a real potential of affecting your life in a negative way. So worry is more related to speculation, fears related to circumstances that are very real in your life. And so you worry when you're imagining what could happen and you're afraid when you see things on the horizon that are threatening to you. And so worry and fear go together. They actually cooperate and, re- and, and, and collaborate with each other. And it's extremely important that you and I get above our worries and above our fears. And it is not easy. It is an ongoing battle in life because it's, it's something the adversary wants to throw your way. He traffics in anxiety. He traffics in fear. He wants to cause us to shrink back in those realms of life. Notice what Paul writes in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Do not be anxious about anything. Notice that. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition. Notice, notice the phrase there, by prayer. By prayer and petition. So prayer is vital to this. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Second Timothy 1, verse 7. For the Spirit God gave us. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, would you hear this this weekend? The Spirit that God gave you. 
The spirit that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. One translation of this, this verse renders it this way, for God does not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Pray your way above, pray your way above dominating worry and dominating fear. Pray to that point of trusting in God, putting your confidence in Him. Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing.